Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. When you read the Bible, you read some amazing stories. The children of Israel crossing uh, the, you know, the Red Sea on dry ground. I mean, you hear about an army being so blinded by fog that they start uh, battling one another and the followers of God are set free. Those are great stories, but my favorite, I have to admit, are those individual stories of deliverance and healing. They're personal. And one of those stories you find in Luke chapter 8, and you find it also, I think it's in two of the other Gospels, if I'm not mistaken, Nathan. Again, my co-host is Nathan Harper, and we're here to talk about missions. And part of missions is deliverance, people delivering from their habits, their hang-ups, from addictions. They are deliverance from evil, demonic forces. And in Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 39 is one of the most dramatic that we know about. It's what we refer to the demoniac of Gadara. He dwelled in the tombs. He was fascinated with death. He had extra human strength. Chains could not hold him. Nathan, he was in bad shape. Yeah, I used to teach from this text very often in our missionary training school when I was serving with Global Frontier Missions. And we would teach this in the context of understanding how God uses a person of peace to impact a community. And I do want to bring that out here in a little bit. But one of the things that I would speculate on was probably in that region where the demoniac lived in the uh, Decapolis area, which would be the east side of the Sea of Galilee, the southeast kind of corner, if you will. So he was probably well-known by all the people around there. They probably, even moms would probably have little stories they would tell their children when their children wouldn't obey. Hey, if you don't clean your room... I'm going to take you out there where the demoniac lives. I'm going to I'm going to go take you out by the uh, cemetery, and and the demoniac's going to get you. I don't know if that you know. I'm just I'm I just can making visualize that up. it though. Yeah, but I think I think he had a reputation of right. someone who is to be feared and avoided, a crazy man. And yeah, he was man. What such great need of deliverance. Lepers were avoided because of the physical. And here the demoniac was avoided because of the spiritual. Right. And uh, it was hands off. Well, I want you to go ahead and share a little bit how that was used in missions because that just intrigues me. We know it's a ministry of deliverance. We know that that person of peace can be a part. But tell us a little bit about that, Nathan. Yeah, just real quickly, really a couple of ways that this story is used and utilized. One way is just simply in storying telling gospel stories. Most of the world is oral auditory learners, and they learn better by hearing a story. And so in learning how to communicate with people the good news of Jesus, we would memorize Bible stories 
that show Jesus' strength and power, his compassion and love. And so right here in Luke chapter 8, also you can look in Mark chapter 4 and 5 of how Jesus is crossing the, the Sea of Galilee and he's asleep in the boat and then the wind and the waves come up. We know that story, right? Yeah. And Jesus said, peace, be still. And that story demonstrates his power over the natural world, over the elements. And then the very next story is this story about the demoniac man, how Jesus also demonstrates his power over evil spirits. And so we would learn those stories and tell them together to teach someone about how Jesus has God's power. Jesus has power over the elements and power over the evil spirits, but he also has compassion on this man and shows his love and care for him. So that's one way that we would use that. But in training and understanding the idea of a person of peace, if you look at this same story back in Mark, there's the story in Mark chapter 4 of the wind and the waves obeying Jesus, and then Mark chapter 5, the demons driven out by Jesus. And Jesus would tell him, this is Mark 5, verse 19. Jesus wouldn't let him get into the boat. He wanted to get back into the boat and become one of Jesus' followers and go to the other side with Jesus. And it says, he would not let him. Instead, he told him, go back home to your own people and report to them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So he went out and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and they were all amazed. Just a few chapters later, Jesus comes back in Mark chapter 8. Jesus comes back to that Decapolis region, the region of 10 cities, where lots of Gentiles were living. And this was, I think, a primarily a Gentile region. And that's where you see the feeding of the 4,000 on that side of the Sea of Galilee. And so apparently the demoniac or former demoniac at this point, the redeemed man, had done his job of telling people about Jesus. And so when Jesus came back to town, they wanted to see and hear him. And they had such a multitude that the miracle of the feeding of 4,000 occurred. The interview that you're going to hear is about someone that was caught in the very pit of satanic strongholds. And uh, you may know of people that, that I think this interview will give you hope and keep you praying and seeking and asking God to use you to share the good news of Christ because deliverance is real. He delivers us from to And he takes us out of that sin, whatever that is, and brings us into his relationship. And that's the whole idea, this relationship with Christ. So we pray that you'd be praying for those that need to be delivered and that you would be active in being a part of that deliverance by sharing Christ. Listen to this interview. I think you'll be amazed at what God has done. This is Exploring Missions, and today we have a return visit from one that I really enjoyed meeting a year or so ago and to hear his story of what Christ had done in his life. And he's been sharing it, writing about it, telling about it, and it has been like a domino. Have you noticed that? One affects another. Uh, That is what it does with Christ, one life touching another life. Someone called it concentric circles of concern. When you throw a pebble into the pond, notice the pebbles and notice the different ways of circles that are made. And because of that, many people have been affected. 
We welcome today Rodney Williams. Rodney, welcome back. Man, it's good to be here. God has just been moving in such a mighty way. Uh, last Saturday was 19 years since I got burned up cooking methamphetamines and surrendered my life to Christ. Uh, my life was hopeless and just a miserable wreck for over 20 years. You know, uh, I had hurts and pains and issues, and then drugs and alcohol became my solution, which ended up in a small trailer uh, on June 19, 2002, cooking methamphetamines. My life was a complete wreck. Uh, the fumes built up. I had the doors bolted down because of fear and paranoia, and a spark went off the heat lamp, and the whole trailer ignited in flames. And I began to unlock the door frantically, and the door come open and run outside with second and third degree burns. My life was a wreck. I was homeless. I'm a hopeless drug addict. My family are, 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 can't even, won't even talk to me. They're so aggravated with me. The police are looking for me. Uh, and I walked down to these people's house at 2 o'clock in the morning, beat on their door, and they're shocked. A guy standing there all burnt up and throw a blanket on me rushed me to the hospital, and on the way to the hospital that night, I'd been in, the, in and out of jail many times, and I would cry out to God, you know, and because I believed in God. Thou believest in one God, thou do us well. The devils also believe and tremble. The problem was I, I wanted to go to heaven, but I wanted to live like hell, you know, and that was my problem was I never truly wanted to repent, turn from my sin, and, and change my life. But this night, things was different. From with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. That night with the heart, I cried out to Jesus, God, take my eye, ear, whatever you want, whatever's left, I'm going to serve you. I made an unconditional surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ that night. And that night, God heard me. And that night, God uh, saved me from my sins, past, present, and future. And uh, I had a new identification. I had a new destination that night. I went from hell to heaven. I went from addict, alcoholic, thief, liar, all the different things the world said I was, to becoming a child of God and heir, joint heir with Christ. And that began uh, began the, the work that God began in me. You know, The problem was I was legally free, but my life was still a wreck. And of course, I got dropped off at uh, Singing River Hospital. 13 inches of skin had rolled down Where, over my what finger. What town was that in now? That's in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Pascagoula, Mississippi. Yeah. Yes, sir. And, and they dropped you off at the hospital? They dropped me off at the hospital, all burnt up. And uh, anyway, they shot me full of morphine, take me to South Alabama Burn Center, would go through the skin grass, wound care, and uh, no big change in me, you know. But I, I'd really, truly, with the heart, turn to Christ. And I said, God, I'll do anything you want me to do. Just show me. And God would speak to my spirit and tell me to go back to the home of grace. I'd been there once and left. It's a Christian recovery center in Van Cleve, Mississippi. And that's where God began to transform me, change my life through his word uh, and break down the strongholds and transform and change my life. And then one night I just felt something break loose in me and I just felt it felt like a river flowing through me, the, the joy and the love and the peace. And I went from just being legally free to begin to experience the freedom that God has for us. That's back, called real freedom, yes, isn't it, Rodney? Yes, real like freedom? The intimate presence of God is what yeah. I experienced that night. And, and I believe that's what everyone is truly looking for is being back in the presence of God and I, everything I'd look for in the world I found that night in Christ Jesus and uh, it's just been a great journey you know you know only God can fill that hole yes, that sir. vacuum that is there yes, 19 sir. years 19 okay years. 19 years so you're coming up on 20 years free in Christ yes sir man Rodney now listen how many years I'm kind of getting your age how many did you use unfree 
How, what would well, that mean? I was over 20 years of, of addicted, you know, addiction and the bondage of addiction, the drugs, the alcohol, uh, all the things of the world. I was. You were you were addicted. You'd call yourself an addict. I was a complete addict. Yeah. Oh, okay. Was, yeah. Did did relationships take time to form back for people to trust you absolutely <laughs> that absolutely. was that was kind of a, a yeah. question that i knew the answer yeah. to because there's people listening to us today uh you know some trust has yeah. been broken yeah. oh, Tr- yeah. you know people can forgive yeah. and they can do it quickly yeah. Yeah. but trust takes time yeah. doesn't it yeah, a little movie. Don't tell me about the money. Show me the money. And I said, don't tell me that you're, you know, that you're living right and you're changed. I had to show them because I'd talked that talk before, you know. And and here, you know, 19 years later, people realize I'm I'm for real, you know, that it's it's a real life change. And so many people really, I'm, I'm I know what you're doing. Are you playing a game? You know, I thought I was playing a game, and yeah. I really wasn't this time. And in the past, I had, you know, I was a manipulator, you know. And uh, doesn't addicts become great uh, manipulators? Professional liars, professional manipulators. And uh, and uh, they find you know people that you know they can manipulate uh, to feed their addiction. And family is one of those they 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 hang in there, but sooner or later they get tired of yes, it. Yes, and that's where my my family was at. They were they were sick and tired of me, man. They had had it with me, you know. I'd manipulated, lied, and cheated, and they had finally they'd finally had it with me. Yeah. So you went back to Home of Grace. Yeah, went back to okay. the Home of Grace. Yeah. I, I want to stay there just for a minute. Yes, sir. I've known people that go to a Christian uh, ministry to help them overcome their addiction. Yeah. The the Christian ministry gives what is needed. Yes. But the person's got to take what they give. Yes, and that's just it. You know, uh, the Bible talks about dying. He who's dead is free from sin. Uh, you've, you've got to die to that old life. I mean, you got to really completely. That night, uh, you know, death felt like a victory, and that's what I did. I died that old life and received everything God had for me, the new life. You know, and if a person, it's not the it's not the rehab's problem. It's the person, the person who's going to the rehab. They're uh, they're truly not surrendered. They really they want to hold on to their past, their their sins, the sins they like, and uh, to get rid of the things that are hurting them. And and you can't you know you got to completely die to everything of the world and turn to Christ to have true freedom. At Home of Grace, how long were you there when your life was changed? Uh, the I was, reason I want to ask this because. A lot of times, uh, God, like the Apostle Paul, yeah. he he didn't say, "Okay, go go immediately." He sent them to Ananias yes. first, and yes. then he had some saints in Jerusalem. He went to Arabia. That was an important time for you because I know at Home of Grace they pumped the Word of God yes, into you. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, I was legally free that night. I surrendered my life to Christ. Justification taking place, but. I was still full of the world. I always tell people it took three days to get uh, Israel out of Egypt, but it took 40 years in the desert to get you know, <laughs> Egypt out of them. And yeah. uh, and I was full of, of the world, you know. And, and at the home of grace, as they they washed me and cleansed me, God did through his word, uh, you know, the, getting the world out of me and uh, just renewing my mind, giving me the mind of Christ. And uh, it was a process. And, it, and really in the three months, it only built a foundation. But, you know, right. where I was, I always tell people I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. God brought me a long way, and I began to taste. I taste that freedom that He had for me, and of course, it's just a foundation built. I've been building upon the last 19 years. It's it's, a, it's a, something that never stops in this world. It's becoming more like Christ, allowing Him to transform you, change you, to bring you into His image. You know. So God changed your life. He started discipling you, changing you. And when did God show you you need to use what God had done to help other people? 
Well, he uh, began speaking to me and uh, to tell me to write a book, of course. You know, that's really not my thing, you know. But uh, <laughs> if God called you to do it, I began to pray about it and began to write. Anyway, we'd write Club Meth to Christ, the first book I wrote. And then Let me the, say that again, Club Meth to Christ Club. by Rodney Williams. And uh, I want to ask this: How many? How many's been sold now? Now we we don't sell them; we give them away. And uh, <laughs> hey, like we, that, we, yeah. we've given over a hundred thousand books away. We do prison ministry across the nation. Anybody that contacts me, we will send uh, them a free book. Or they're in addiction. You got a kid in addiction in jail, prison, whatever. All I need is an. Uh, an address, and we will send the books out, and uh, and we've got thousands of letters from across the country where people have been touched by these books, and God's used them in a mighty way. And and I'm not no writer. I'm not. I'm not taking any kind of credit for it because I'm not. But God, when God touches something, He touches something, you know. And uh, He He touched that book and has used it in a mighty way. And specifically. He used this book uh, for some people about two years ago, NRB. You were sharing a little bit of that story. Yes. And I kind of halfway stopped you because I said, okay, Rodney, save that for the people on the radio. And I want to experience this story as well. Would you tell that story? Yes. Uh, we, were on the, uh, we were on this radio program, and, uh, and some people in Tennessee were listening. Uh, I won't use his full name, but Jimmy D. I'll call him Jimmy D. He's a teacher down there, and they had troubled kids who come some really messed up homes uh, with the state of Tennessee and uh, they were listening to it. I think he had his class listening to it and he heard they heard my testimony and then he got in touch with me and said, well, you send us some books to this school. The kids were so excited about it so I sent them some books and then they I knew we were going to the NRB conference up there in Tennessee, Nashville. I said, well, look, we're coming up there and I'll come speak if you want me to. So they set it up and I went and and spoke and the kids shared the horrific stories that you know their past and different things. And it's amazing how quick yes. that happens in a teenager's life. Yes. You'd think it wouldn't happen that way, but it did, yes. did it not? Oh yes, yes. Did it sound familiar to you? The uh, <laughs> the kids, you know, the the abuse, the different things that took place, and, and you know, they they were on drugs at such a young age, you know. But you know, the hurts, the pains, this fallen world system, you know, and, and drugs and alcohol becomes their solution. They they're trained for that for 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 solution, you know, to comfort themselves, but in reality, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's just a trap, you know. And um, So they were hearing you, man. They were they were understanding the stories I was talking. <laughs> it was like they were there about me being molested as a kid, you know. They had been molested, all the different stuff. But I went in there and shared my testimony personally, and, and these kid begin, kids began to weep. The Holy Spirit began to move, and these kids, uh, several of them, give their life to Christ. And what, you know, just off of being on your radio program that day, and them hearing, and God just working the whole thing out. Of course, it wasn't me or you. It was God working uh, uh, through us, so it was just an exciting, exciting experience, and and over everything I did up there in, in, in Nashville and Tennessee, up there, that was the most exciting thing to see those young kids come to Christ. You know, you know, while while you went, they God was working before you got there. Absolutely, God worked when you were there, yes. and God continues His work after we're gone. Yes, the, that's the sweet Holy Spirit, isn't absolutely. it? And He's done that in your life. Absolutely, and He's absolutely. still working on you. Yes. Oh, he is. He is. <laughs> you mean He's, you're not, even though you've done all this, you're not complete yet? No, 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 no. <laughs> not at all. Not even close, you know. And uh, the closer I get to Jesus, the more I see that I, I'm not I'm not anywhere close to being like Jesus. You know, the closer you get, you realize, you know, that you're, we're not there yet. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And the, the more we become like him, 
the more we realize we're not like him. Yes, absolutely. I, now, try to explain that to somebody. They, they, <laughs> they would not know it. But once you experience it, you yes. know it. Yes, yes. Okay, you've written a second book. Yes, uh, Once an Addict, Now Free. And, uh, and it uh, just goes a little bit more in depth, you know. And I use a lot of my prison letters. Like I said, i got thousands of prison letters, stories, and just put it into a story. And then you use the Word of God and, and tell a story through it. And, and, and I just show that addiction is just a worship uh, a worship disorder, you know what I'm saying? A worship disorder is what addiction is. We're trying to find satisfaction, peace, joy, everything we're looking for, we're looking for in the world, you know, through drugs, alcohol, sex, the different things. But God designed us to live in His presence, and He's the, the fullness of all things. Colossians 1.19 says, for He's the fullness of all things, and, and our true satisfaction comes through Christ Jesus. He'll satisfy you. He'll give you the peace, the joy. Everything we're truly looking for is in Christ Jesus, you know. Well, when when I read the name of this book, Now Free, uh, like you with prison ministries and calling on the other program that we do, Exploring the Word, uh, Alex and I will get information and letters from those that are incarcerated, and they say they found freedom incarcerated. Now, oh, you know, that's, that's amazing. Here you were, and I'm using your words. You were free physically, but spiritually, you were imprisoned. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, what does that mean to describe the paranoia? You you were doing this, and I know it's going back a little bit, but I got a feeling there's some people that may be dealing with paranoia. They're dealing with individuals with this kind of paranoia and fear and trying to con people. Uh, Give us a little bit about that paranoia, the fear that you dwelt with when you were in bondage like the uh, meth I'm just using methamphetamine as an example you're going 10 or more days without eating or sleeping in reality you're fasting to the devil you're coming in close intimacy you open up the gates of your mind allowing these demonic spirits to come in there and it brings about deep paranoia and fear in your life and I was just engulfed with fear and paranoia the deepest fear I could ever and the gnashing of the teeth that comes along with it and you know and the Bible talks about hell being weeping and gnashing the teeth and the Bible says for God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind so that spirit is not of God that spirit is on the demonic realm you know and uh, and what God wants to give you is his Holy Spirit through Christ Jesus it's the spirit of freedom for the spirit of the Lord is a spirit of freedom and uh, that's what the Bible teaches you know so uh, you need to be filled with God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, be under His complete influence, and everything God's given you, like 19 years of serving Jesus, I tell people I'm a satisfied customer. He's given me everything <laughs> I was looking for, and, and it is, you know, you know, I'm satisfied. I'm complete in Him. Not without troubles, you know, that's just the fallen that's world. That's part of the in. world. That's part it? of the world system we live yeah. in, but you know, hey, I've, I'd much rather be doing life with Jesus, you know, because I also have eternal life. You know, when I, when I pass, I transition from this world, I'm going straight to be with Jesus. A better place waits me. You know, I, I tell believers, I said, don't you think that you're without troubles? Matter of fact, you probably have more than non-believers Absolutely. because we live in a fallen world. Yes. So it rains on the just and the unjust. Yes. We reap what we sow. Yes. When we reap certain things, certain things are going to come back to us. But then we're disciplined for what we do wrong. Those that are unbelievers, they're not necessarily disciplined yeah. because of that. Yes. And also, God prunes us. Pruning can be pretty <laughs> painful. Yeah. Yes, you know. Uh, now, the Bible talks about it, you know, the grapevines. And I, I don't know grapevines, but I tell folks I know all about tomato vines. And my dad would have me to go out there and prune those 
those tomato vines, yeah. and I would get part of those, they call them suckers, that would come out. Yeah. So they would produce big fruit, bigger fruit. Yeah. And uh, so God has let you suffer in a fallen world, yes, sir. suffer consequences from that, and discipline you. But yet you're telling me you have more joy now than before? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, it's just been a great journey. You know, and, uh, you know, I'm excited. You know, however many more years God gives me, I'm excited for our future. Well, the first time you were on with us, we had people respond. How can people get in touch with you? And if they want the book, I know you said it, but we want to repeat it. If they would want you to come and speak like you did to those young men, uh, how can they get a hold of you, Rodney? Well, you can call me. I, my phone number is open on my website, and the website is clubmethtochrist.com, just the name of the book, clubmethtochrist.com. And also my phone number is out there, Okay, 228. Go ahead. 228. 990-5982. You can call me or text me your address or whatever, and I'll send you a book. No questions asked. Uh, or just email me. Uh, my email's on my website. Uh, and just email me and just tell me you want a book. Send me the address with it. If somebody's in prison, all the all the information they need, their AIS numbers or whatever, uh, send that, and I'll, I'll no questions asked. We'll put the books in the mail. Rodney, you know what? What comes across is is a man whose life has been changed going in a completely different direction and desiring a lot of folks to join you in that same direction yes yes absolutely i want you to do one thing two things really before we uh close out this interview one tell that person that is struggling they may have maybe just one person but they've turned the radio on uh they're listening some way that somebody's asked them to listen to Tell them again where you were and where Christ has brought you to. I was hopeless. I had no hope in anything in my life. I was miserable. I was in just complete bondage. And then I cried out to God. I cried out to Jesus, God, to save me. And that's what he did. He heard my cry. He heard my heart cry that I was truly ready to uh, follow him and serve him. And he began to work in me that night. And guess what? He's still doing it 19 years later. The work is still in progress. Today I'm celebrating my 14th year anniversary. My beautiful wife, God's blessed me with. I've got a beautiful family, beautiful home, uh, great ministry. God's just blessed us in so many different ways. So you are from homelessness to this? Yes, absolutely. God set you free. Well, yeah. brother, I want you to do one more thing for me. I won't use you while you're here. I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Two, two things come to my heart. Yes, you sir. may have more than that, but the families that are dealing, that yes. they're dealing with someone yes. that's in that addiction, yes. and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Pray for wisdom for yes. them, and that yes. person that is in the addiction, pray yes. that just like the prodigal son when he came to himself, right. uh, I, that means you're able to look at yourself square and see where you're at and where you need to be. Yes, sir. And would you mind praying and leading us in that prayer, right? Yes, sir. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come before you, Lord. God, you know the people out there who's hurt their families, their families, as I hurt my family. There's so many families out there who are hurting, who are just wanting help for their children, God. The children they love so much, Father God. Touch them. Give them comfort. Give them strength, God. Uh, Lord, let them come to know you, to be able to pray to you and trust you, Father God. You are the only hope that we have here uh, in this life, Father God. And I pray for those who are addicted, Father God, that you would bring 
them to a breaking point, God, that where they would turn from their sin, turn from their addiction, and turn to you wholeheartedly, die to their self, and receive the new life that comes through Christ Jesus, Lord, who gives new life and breath, and that they'd be filled with the Holy Spirit, a spirit of freedom, God, and that they would walk in the victory that Christ Jesus won for us over 2,000 years ago at the cross. We thank you. We love you. Jesus, you're an awesome God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Rodney, thank you. And again, clubmethtochrist.com. Yes, sir. Thank you for being with us, and thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. And we're praying that God would touch your heart, that you might touch other people's lives. Mm-hmm.